0: Well, good morning uh, to everyone in the building, everyone online. Uh, It's good to gather as the church. Amen. We are the church. So uh, yeah, it's been an exciting weekend. If you've been tracking with us uh, through the past several weeks and several months, you know that we've been going through a transition period um, and that this weekend has kind of been like, hey, we feel like God might be leading someone here. Let's meet uh, who that is uh, and this pastor and just begin that discernment process. Um, But I wanted to just remind us, um, Proverbs 16.3 tells us to commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. And today, first and foremost, is about God. Like we come and we gather to worship him and to praise him. To build each other up, to be encouraged, to be challenged, to be challenged, to be challenged, um, and and go from there. So I know we're excited, and we've had lots of questions, and we want to know, and we want to like, just go. But would you just commit with me this morning that God, we trust you, and you will lead us, and you will give us wisdom and discernment? But man, let's just pause and praise him and give him the the worship that he's due because he's so, so worthy. So let's open our service in prayer. Uh, If you're able and wanting to, would you stand with me this morning uh, at home? That might be weird, but you can too. And uh, yeah, let's just get in. God, we thank you that you um, build your church and that you will lead us as we just commit this entire process to you, as we have for the last few days and last few weeks and even months, God, as we've been seeking your leading, you know. And so God, let that just be in the back of our minds as we come (laughs) and we give you praise and we give you honor and we realize and recognize that we're going through life and life has ups and downs and we just want to be with you, Jesus, today more than anything. Holy Spirit, we want your presence to be here. We don't want this to just be a business meeting. Lord, we want an intimate time with you to grow and to just develop in our faith and to go out into our community this week, no matter what that looks like. So Lord, we ask that you would just bless this service, that you would anoint the worship team, that you would anoint the preacher coming later today. But above all, give us ears to hear what you would have to say to us. God be glorified. Amen.
1: God works in powerful ways, and uh, in a in a place like this, in a service like this, uh, God moves upon people's hearts, and uh, we know the Bible tells us that we have the gifts of the Spirit, and oftentimes you get that little nudge, don't you, in your heart that God is doing something, He's doing something in lives, and. And uh, Carrie has a word for us today.
2: I I believe he's healing people, actually, right now. He's touching you. He's touching you in your mind, in your emotions. He's touching people who are physically sick right now it's we don't even need to come forward like i just sense in my spirit he's healing people of all kinds of things right now and all we're going to ask you to do is just raise your hand if you need his healing touch and we're going to claim it we're going to believe it we're going to trust the lord for it we want to see miracles he does work still today some of you have been waiting a long time for a miracle and some of you need healing in your in your emotions and, and your your um and in your spiritual you you need to come alive again spiritually you've kind of been lost and dead and he wants to do something right now right today fresh so you just lift up your hand if you're one of those people i know there's lots of people there okay we're just going to pray right now god in your mercy and by your grace we ask you to touch people where they're at right now if it's their body if it's chronic sickness if it's sickness that comes upon them every wednesday night if it's um healing from past stuff lord jesus you don't want us to hold things you want us to feel the forgiveness and move Move out in ability and capability and in our talents and in our gifts, Lord Jesus. And when we're wounded and we're weak, it's hard to do that. So God, we appropriate your blood right now for everyone who's raising their hand. And I am too. And I'm asking you, Lord, to do something right now in our midst while this service is taking place. People at home as well who are shut in, Lord Jesus, because of illness or because of hurt, maybe. They've they've put a wall around themselves and protecting themselves from getting hurt again. That is not of you. That is not of you. And so we ask you, Lord, to work in people's lives for forgiveness to come and to flow and to move past whatever those things are. And to be ready for something new and fresh and bold and, and boisterous, Lord Jesus. That's what's coming. Something new and bold and, and boisterous, boisterous for you, Jesus. In your precious name, we all say yes and amen yes, to what yes. you're going to do in our lives right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. We do adore you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence with us today. And Lord, we give you the glory, you the praise for all that you're doing. And you're doing miracles today. Thank you, God. Thank you for the fact that you're a miracle-working God. It wasn't just for yesterday. It's for today. Thank you, Lord, for today. We receive from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. You may be seated. Wow, precious presence of the Lord here today. Wherever the Lord is, he comes to to deal with us sometimes, but he also comes to lavish us with his love and his goodness. And he's here today. Great. Well, you know, someone else who's here today is... Is Pastor Len Den Braber. and Braver, uh, and and uh, Len, come on up, Len. Len is uh, the assistant, one of the assistant superintendents of our BCP Yukon District, and and uh, and when I'm saying district, I'm talking about our PAOC, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada uh, District, and we're a part of that. We're a part of that that great and growing family. So Len is here to. Uh, To do a few things but in this service today he's here to bring us greetings from the district and then later on following this service we're going to have a very special business meeting which he'll be chairing so god bless you lynn
3: well thank you pastor ralph and it is an honor to be here on behalf of the bc and yukon district you may not know this uh but you are part of a family of uh, more than 200 churches uh, throughout british columbia and the yukon and over 1100 churches across canada and uh, so I have the great privilege of serving this church, among others, uh, in my role. And so I do bring you greetings from our district superintendent, Ken Russell. Many of you will know who he is. Uh, he just came back from a, a three-month-long sabbatical. Uh, he came back on April 1st, so I, I don't know if that was a joke or not, but um, he uh, he's uh, just sort of easing back in, and we've got some meetings next week that he's preparing for. So... Uh, instead of "Can you get me?" and I'm sorry about that, um, but uh, we're just we're just uh, thrilled to be here. We want to let you know, and of course, today Pastor Scott is going to be preaching, and in a few moments after that, uh, those of you who are members will be casting a, a vote in terms of electing a new lead pastor. And we want to let you know that um, uh, even though we have been in the background, uh, we have been uh, watching this. We have been praying for you. Uh, Pastor Ralph and I have been in, in regular contact, and uh, and again, uh, we're just so thrilled, and so we've been part of that process. I also just want to say thank you to Pastor Ralph and Carrie for serving uh, in this interim period. Yeah. You know, there there's the odd time where uh, you phone one of the pastors and you're like, oh, i got to phone so-and-so. Uh, but that's not true with Pastor Ralph. Uh, every time I talk to him, it, it literally makes my day. You're one, of the, you're one of the most gracious, friendly people I know. So at uh, any rate, uh, so again, just we want to we wanna bring our greetings. We are praying for you. We're excited for you, for what God has to do. And, uh, and thank you for being a part of uh, what is a, a growing um, uh, gospel-centered ministry throughout this, this district. God bless.
1: Thank you, Len. You can do the announcements anytime. Great. <laughs> and he took care of one of my announcements, so don't forget, members, uh, directly following this service, we have a, a special meeting for the members of our church family. Uh, just uh, a note, some of you have already noticed that our kids are a part of our service today, and they're being amazing. Aren't they being amazing? And uh, that there's there's such a joy, and... Uh, So we would have normally, under normal circumstances, would have had kids' church, but we're still looking for volunteers, and until we get enough volunteers, we we will be uh, without one Sunday that that isn't being manned or or womaned, (laughs) but man or woman, okay? So we're still looking for volunteers. Please get in touch with Carrie. Oh, so far it's all women, so we need some men. Okay, there we go. Great. Well, I'm going to also I just wanted you to note, folks, I we don't talk about giving very much around here, but I want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in the Lord's ties. Those are the Lord's ties. Ten percent and your offerings continue to be faithful so that we as a church family can move forward with dynamo. OK, so in the next couple weeks, we're going to get the bus back on the road. And you know what that means. That means that there's, there's going to be a bus on the road, right? But it means more than just that. It means that, that our young people are going to be uh, transported to different places, and, and who knows where that's going to go, okay? So praise the Lord. Keep being faithful in your, in your giving. And now I want to invite Steve Putney. He, is, uh, he co-chairs the board with me and the search committee with me, and uh, Steve is coming up to introduce our candidate.
4: Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Ralph told me I had to wear a tie this morning. So, actually, that's not true. Just in case you're wondering, I I work for the Prince George Cougars, like off ice thing. And there's a game right after church here, so that's why I'm dressed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been an int- I l- it's been almost five months since uh, Pastor Rich uh, handed us his resignation. Uh, it's a long time now. And as a research committee it's been uh it's been quite the process we've gone through. And uh the best an- the best uh analogy I could come up with is uh is a bit of a fishing story. Um, I don't know if anybody knows uh the show uh, uh Wicked Tuna. You ever seen that? With uh with uh, the guys from Boston go out uh catching these just monster tuna fish out in the Atlantic Ocean, eh? And uh it our our journey as a, a committee has sort of been a lot like that. There's been a lot of days of nothing happening and some days where you're getting nibbles and some days you hook something and then you reel it in and it's not the right species. Uh, it's a shark. <laughs> or or you reel it in and, and it's too small and you have to let them go. So. And uh, if you were here the other day, last night, uh, Pastor Scott even told uh, his story of uh, he was one of the guys who nibbled for a while uh, in December, and uh, we didn't reel him in. And then three months later, uh, uh, this is the part that impresses me, it was God who talked him. We didn't phone him back. God put Prince George on his heart, and to me that's the big, that's the difference. And uh, God's the one who baited, baited our hook and, uh, and hooked him, <laughs> told him which hook to bite. And so since then we've been trying to reel them in here, so to keep going with the fishing analogy. so So anyways, it's, uh, it's, it's been quite the journey, and uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you Pastor Scott, so uh, here you go.
5: Okay. I've got this one here. Okay. Thanks, buddy.: Well, good morning. It is a privilege to be with you here today, and I want to just introduce my wife, Carrie. I'll just have her stand. She's over here to my right, and she's the better-looking one out of the two. So, It is a just very special to be with you here in Prince George on this Sunday morning. It has been a journey, and I was asked this, um, I think, yesterday, one of the very many questions that were coming our way as we were being interviewed. Uh, It was a joy to get to know the great congregation here. But um, somebody asked, well, what drew you to Prince George? And to be perfectly honest, Prince George wasn't really on our radar. We live in Surrey, BC. We're in Cloverdale, and we have family around that area. But we always want to be open to wherever God is calling us, because the best place we could be is in the center of His will. But sometimes we react in the in the natural, and uh, I I mentioned this yesterday, and I'll say it again today, Uh, we hadn't even really let our superintendent know yet that we were going to be searching for churches. Uh, We had been feeling somewhat of a release from our current church that we were serving, but he was proactive and began to put our name in a couple of places, and in one day, I got two calls from two different churches on the same day, and one of them was from Steve from Prince George. It sounded like a real neat opportunity. And then I had another call, but the other call, the church was only about 20 minutes from our house, whereas Prince George was eight and a half hours. And so just acting kind of in the natural, I think, I politely backed away. I thought, boy, it looks like a neat situation, but that's a long way from home. So um, I I didn't, you know, nibble on the hook too much at that point. So God had to kind of work on my heart a couple months later in my personal devotional time, and he laid this church on my heart, and... Uh, It seems like he has been clearing the path ever since, and we have been impressed with the wonderful, warm, loving group here at Prince George Pentecostal Church. Uh, We like your town. We see there's tremendous potential for God to do something really significant here, and you have a a great foundation on which to build, and so I'm just going to give the word today, and then we'll see how the Lord leads us after that, but in the wake of a global pandemic. Wars in Europe, rise in inflation, international protests taking place both in our country and all across the world, violence, disease, uh, fear and anxiety. We live in somewhat unprecedented times for a lot of us. And the question comes up, what should the church's response now be? How should we respond should we do things differently? Should we change our approach? Should we have a new, uh, refined message? How do we respond to this crazy world in which we find ourselves? And I would submit to you that the answer is still the same one that has always been, and that is to present the life that Jesus gives. Jesus told us in John ten ten, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life to the full, or more abundantly. That's the reason he came. I came to give life. And yes, we get his rules, we get his instructions, we get our directives, but the whole reason Jesus came from heaven to earth is so we can experience life. And how many believe there's still life in Jesus? Amen? And it's life more abundantly. It's a better life than you will ever experience without him in your life. Only through Christ can we experience life to the full, life more abundantly. And so I'm going to use this word life as an acronym today. I'm going to give you four key points, which I believe we are called to convey, we are called to live, we are called to put forth to our world as the church. This is what we are called to do. And letter L this morning is this, love. Love God and love people in word and in action. Uh, we love our family, and I, I was trying to give a photo to our sound tech here this morning, and you actually got it. I don't know if we can throw that up at this point. Yeah. Let's put it up. So this is our family. Uh, our two sons, Coulter, who's 25. He's the guy on my right, and you're right as well. And he is engaged to be married, and will be married this October. And he and his fiancée will be living in Ontario. So that is going to be a transition for my wife and I. Uh, And he works uh, in the media tech department. He works in the marketing department for Power to Change Ministries, which are based in Langley, BC, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ. So he builds websites and apps and all those kinds of things. And then our other son, Spencer, he's 23, and he is also a tech guy. He works as an IT man for a large uh, privatized Christian school in Surrey, BC called Pacific Academy. So they're both very computer-minded young men, so when mom and dad have problems with our computers, we know who to go to, right? We can do the basics, we can get around, we can function, but when something crashes, we have two good sons that we can turn to, and they get us up and running in no time. So Coulter and Spencer, and uh, we love them very much, I think they'll be watching this, uh, this broadcast or service today online, but we love our families, don't we? And We love one another, our friends. But the great commandment that Jesus gave in Mark 12, they're through the Gospels, but I like this one in Mark. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sometimes the other ones don't include that fourth component. Your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And love is not a feeling, is it? Love is an action. It's something we do. It's a choice we make followed by action. I'm going to just share a little bit about the first day I had with my beautiful wife, Carrie. They were asking me this on Friday. We got here Friday, and we were uh, getting right away into meetings. We had the opportunity to meet the great board and their spouses. We met uh, the pulpit committee and the staff, and finally we had a meet and greet last night for anybody else who wanted to come. So we certainly had an opportunity to connect with you. Hopefully you've connected with us and have heard our hearts. But I was asked this about how we got together, and my wife had no design to marry a poor preacher on her radar. She was going to business school. She attended Seattle Pacific University, has a bachelor's in business administration, and her goal was to serve Jesus, yes, but let's make a good living doing it, right? And uh, let's not get saddled with some preacher who's going to be, you know, doing whatever God calls them to do. Let's do something a little different than that. And I was going to Northwest University, which is the Assemblies of God College there in Kirkland, Washington, just next to Seattle. But we both attended the same church. And the Lord has a way of upsetting our apple cart and directing our paths. And so um, I saw her on a Sunday morning at Shoreline Community Church, big Assemblies of God Church, ran close to 1,000 people. And I saw her on a Sunday morning, and you might ask, Pastor Scott, did you pray and have a, a, a spiritual discernment of the type of person that you wanted, you know, godly character, the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, a righteous woman of God. Um, I wish I could tell you that, but honestly, I saw her and I thought, that girl is hot. <laughs> she is good looking, and I'm going to ask her out. And, you know, she was at the same church I was, so you take into consideration she's likely a follower of Jesus. If you're going to go fishing, guys, fish in the right pond, Amen. So this was the assemblies of God Church. She wasn't a regular attendee. So I, you know, I was on good faith there that she was serving the Lord. But we did decide to go out. I asked her out on a Sunday morning, said tonight, Sunday night after church, let's go do something. She said, okay, let's do it. And so the problem was that night we had a mission service, and I love missions. I have a heart for missions, but there were no missionaries in the service. What they were doing is calling them simulcast through satellite calls into other parts of the of the globe and they would pipe in the calls through the sound system and uh, it got really awkward because the time zones were different and they were groggy and it was probably like 2 a.m over in wherever they were and and so after several minutes of this I thought boy this thing is not happening let's bail so I wasn't really as strong of a a believer you know I was ready to, to leave the Sunday night service I will confess to you please forgive me I was young and I was infatuated with this wonderful woman, Carrie. And so the Shoreline the Community Church was a large church, and I was sitting about in the middle of the lower section. Again, it sat about a thousand people. I was sitting in the middle section, and Carrie, being the good, godly girl she was, was all the way in the front row, and I was trying to get her attention. And so what I did is I tapped on the person in front of me, and it was like a wave in a sports. Hey, can you get her? And they tap, 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 working their way through several aisles, finally down to the front aisle, and Carrie turned around and said, let's go, let's go. And she was embarrassed incredibly. She said, no, no, I'm not going to leave. She would have to stand up and exit in front of everybody. But that wasn't my problem. You know, I sat in the proper place where I could slip out easily, covertly, But uh, I tried to get her to leave early. She wouldn't leave early. She did the right thing. She was already a good influence on me as a young man. But that night, we went out, and we decided to uh, spend some time together, and the rest is history. We did fall in love. We did get engaged and married, and we've been in the ministry now. Uh, I've been in the pastoral ministry just about 30 years this summer, and I took a year uh, as a young man uh, and traveled in full-time Christian contemporary music, and then went back to Bible College, but 30 years of pastoral, 29 with my lovely wife, Carrie. We've pastored in churches ranging in sizes from 50 to 500, and various roles in the ministry, both as associate and at times as senior pastor. And God has used us on both sides of the border, because I'm a dual citizen, Canadian-American. My wife is from Spokane. I was born in Vancouver. And so the Lord has used us in different places and in different ways. But everywhere we go, the key for the church to follow the great commandment that Jesus gave is always to love. We lead with love, amen? People won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know what? I doubt very seriously that you're going to be able to argue somebody on Facebook into church. And if you argue with them and beat them in an argument, then you'll win them and they're going to show up on Sunday. No, they're just going to get more angry with you you will probably make it more of a polarized situation. How we do it is by building bridges, by showing love. Even at our hotel this morning, there was a man who happened to be just seated a few chairs down from us that we're having our little breakfast. And he noticed that we prayed over our food. And I don't know what equated this, but he said, are you a minister? I mean, a prayer is a prayer. How can you tell if I'm a minister? You know, lots of people pray over their meal. But I said, actually, I am, and so we started the chat, and and uh, and we got to talking, and he started to talk a little bit about his lung condition. I said, I'll be praying for you. Oh, thank you for doing that. Uh, you never know who you will meet, but continue to love, and you're going to represent Christ. It's not something we feel; it's something you do. It's a choice you make, followed by action. And we show our love to God, how? Through our prayer, through our praise, and through our personal service to Him every day. Amen? Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. He was really straight up about that in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, obey me. And actions do speak louder than words. We show our love to others by living our faith. You know, that character of Christ, the the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 we talk about, love right, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all of those characteristics, as we try to live that out daily in our personal lives, we're going to love people. They will see him in you. They'll see Jesus in you, and this is our response as a church in these times of which we now live. Jesus said this in John thirteen thirty-five: by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another going to be hard to tell otherwise and if we love each other as the church we lead by example don't we and then as we love those outside of the church in our community in our world it flows out they're going to see jesus in you they will know you're my disciples if you love one another and it's something that you do let's look at the second letter i this stands for influence Influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, this is the great commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always. Isn't it great that God never leaves us? Amen? He never leaves or forsakes us. You can choose to walk away from Him, but He will never walk away from you. He is with us. And so we're called to influence. This is being salt and light. This is the influence that we're called to have as the church, especially in today's day and age, especially working our way through the end of a pandemic, and we might have to live with this for quite a while yet. With all the fear and confusion and chaos going around, let's be an influence for Christ. Let's be salt and light in our world. Amen? I mean, this is just Christianity 101. We're going back to basics. But you know what? The message has never changed. It's always stayed the same. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And we're supposed to teach them about Christ. This is discipleship. This is mentoring. If you are instructed to do something and you do it wrong, you can get into trouble. Um, Years ago, when I was a kid growing up, we would go to Banff, Alberta almost every summer. And uh, my father was also a pastor. He was a big guy. He was six foot four this way and several feet this way. He was a big man. And just to tell you a couple things about him, he was a strong disciplinarian. He loved Jesus and he loved his family. But, you know, you knew when you got in trouble. And uh, this was far before the days of timeouts or I'll take away your Xbox. Back then it was the big old belt coming out of those straps you know, applied to the seed of learning, kind of thing. And that's how we were growing up. Now, I'm not advocating for any of those. I'm just saying that this was the norm. And, uh, and he loved us and he did it with control. But when my father spanked us, we felt it. When my mom did it, not a big deal. She was a little woman, you know, you could brush it up. But my dad, there was power behind those, those spankings. And so, um, he was a, a strong man, and he also was a perfectionist. His cars were immaculate. When we, in our home, if he got home after work, and there was a few magazines kind of strewn around, this place is a mess. He liked it neat, he liked it tidy, he liked it orderly. You'd think he was in the military, but he wasn't. But he was just a very neat, orderly man. He liked things done a certain way. But he loved us, he was a great father, and I miss him every day. Uh, he passed away about 12 years ago now. So when we were young, we would go to Banff, Alberta, and one time we were on our way to, uh, on vacation, and we were towing our big trailer, and he had his nice automobile towing the trailer, and we had been out that afternoon playing lawn darts. And you know the old kind of lawn darts, not the safe, user-friendly kind, <laughs> that have like a magnet. Those are no fun at all. you got to be able to do some damage with the lawn dart to really make it fun. So these were the actual spikes. They're about, you know, 18 inches or at least 12 inches. And a long spike. And you put a little plastic ring on one end and you go about 20 paces and you put another plastic ring and you try to just throw it in the ring, right? Similar to horseshoes. And so we were playing and I have two brothers, an older and a younger. I'm the middle son. No middle child complexes here. I was fine. Everything was fine. Uh, And I was maybe about seven or eight years old. And we had played as a family and then my folks kind of retired. They were in the trailer relaxing and they were watching us through the window. And uh, my brothers dissipated and went somewhere and I just kind of kept playing. And I decided to do a new technique. I'm just going to throw the darts up in the air and see how high I can get them. <laughs> Seems like a good idea. So I took the first dart and I threw it up there fairly high and bam, and stuck on the ground. And I think I can do better than that. So I took it again and tossed it up a little bit higher, and it went a little bit higher, and then, bam, stuck in the ground. So I really got my energy going at that. I'm going to heave this sucker as high as I can get it. So I took that dart, and my little body, about eight years old, I took it. I heaved it up high, and it went quite high, and you kind of lose it in the sun. I couldn't tell where it was, and all of a sudden, bam, and I turned around, and it was stuck through the roof of my dad's car, I never saw a big man move so fast. He came out of that trailer like a hurricane, grabbed me by one leg, suspended me upside down and gave me the worst spanking I ever had in my life. My world was literally turned upside down. I learned a couple of things that day. First of all, when you penetrate a large man's car with the lawn dart and you see him and he sees you, run! Don't stick around for even five Run and never look back. But second of all, follow the instructions. Because if I had just done it properly and hit those lawn darts in the circle that they were intended to be, life would have been fine. But when I break the instructions, when I veer off, then you get in trouble. In fact, Joshua was told this by the Lord in Joshua chapter 1. Right after Moses had passed away. The children of Israel, hundreds of thousands of Jewish people wandered to the desert, now at the cusp of entering the promised land. They're at the Jordan River. They're just about ready to cross over, and there's going to be battles to be fought. It was going to be a process. But Joshua uh, was told by the Lord, God said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. He said, follow my instructions. Don't veer to the left or to the right, but follow it in everything you do, and you shall be prosperous. And I will be with you wherever you go. I will never leave you or forsake you. Follow God's word. It's the recipe for success. Amen? It's our instruction book to know how to live a happy, healthy, holy life. Get the most out of life. Enjoy the abundant life that Jesus promised to give. And as we influence our world and salt and light, we are mentoring people. We are making a difference. We are steering them to Christ. And if they do come to know the Lord, then we help them to grow in their relationship with the Lord. We were that positive influence as we share the gospel. Let's look at letter F, fellowship. We're called to fellowship together as a caring community. In Acts chapter 2, the church met regularly, caring for one another. Hebrews 10 24, 25 gives this instruction and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Notice it doesn't say stir up dissension or stir up griping and complaining. There's enough of that in the church. Let's stop doing that, and let's stir up love and good works and encourage one another to be more like Christ. Amen? We deal with enough stress in life. Let's stir each other on. Let's encourage one another. You might not like every song that's sung in the worship team that particular Sunday. You might wish that the pastor would preach on a different topic, but you know what? We're praising the Lord. We're teaching the Word. Let's encourage one another, right? good job. Thank you for that. Man, you are so gifted. Thank you for using your gifts. Let's encourage one another. And you know what? I believe God has even more for you. And I believe you can step out and he wants to use you in a new and a fresh way. I love people who are encouragers. You get around those people, I can tell that Pastor Ralph is an encourager. He just kind of oozes that, right? And boy, Ralph and Carrie, first time we met there, we're getting hugs and they're just loving on us. And, and that's the kind of people that God has called us all to be. And some people have the gift of encouragement. It's a special way that God's created, and we know that. But all of us can engage in encouraging. We're called to encourage one another because that's what Hebrews is saying. Encourage one another towards love and good works. And so much more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. He says, don't forsake the fellowship of yourselves. Don't stop meeting together. We need it. And so much more as you see the day of the Lord's return approaching. I love the fact that now we can be online, we can reach people that we've never reached before, but it still will never replace coming together in person. Amen? Because we need to encourage one another. that fellowship. And we can spend time together. In the New Testament church, they would break bread, they would pray, they would worship together. I like the story about the three little kids that they were in their third grade class, and the teacher said next week, I want you all to bring something that represents your particular religion or your religious persuasion. This is just a public school. And so the next week came, Monday morning, and little Billy came, and he said, well, this is rosary beads, and my family's Catholic, and so we use these rosary beads when we pray. And He said, well, that's very nice, Billy. Thank you for that. And the next uh, little girl, her name was Judy, and she said, well, my parents they followed the new age and so these are some crystals pretty sad right but here's some crystals and that's what my mom and dad use and the teacher said well that's very nice thank you for bringing that judy and finally little jenny came she was the last girl and and she said well my family we all attend the pentecostal church so i brought a casserole (laughs) because we love to eat don't we we love to come together and eat but you know what? That's part of fellowship. That's part of fellowship. And they even did that in the New Testament Church. They would break bread together from house to house. There's something special about having a meal together. And we have done a lot of that this week, and they have fed us so good. I even lost a few pounds before getting here because I need to drop a few. I know that. but I've gained it all back in like two days, the way they've fed us here. But we come together, we encourage each other. We fellowship together. And you know what? People, if you want them to be attracted to church and attracted to Jesus, when they walk into a warm, loving, caring environment, it's like, this is what I've been missing. Because there's dysfunctional families. There's stress in the workplace. There's stress at home. There's all kind of fear and anxiety. What people are looking for is love and action, agape love and action. And it's fleshed out through people caring for people. That fellowship of the family of God. Boy, they will be gravitating to that like a moth to the flame. You want to grow a church, you have good, healthy fellowship. And that's going to be one of those important components to accomplish that task. Finally this morning, the letter E, empower. Empower people through Christian discipleship. You see, influence is being that salt and light, going and sharing the gospel. But empowerment is once they now have come to Christ, we want to train them up. In Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul describes a major reason for the church's existence. See, why is the church here? Are we here so we can sing? Are we here so we can do this? Well, that's part of it. We want to worship together. We pray together. We fellowship together. But the bottom line is really this. It says in Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul tells us, He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints... To do the work of the ministry. You see, this is really a training ground. This is where we go to get strengthened and trained so that we can all go live our faith. So that as disciples, we can go make other disciples. Amen? Yes, Yes, we're called to encourage the believer, but then we're also called to reach the unbeliever. Right? To strengthen the church and then reach the unchurched. It says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, because we do need that edification, we need that encouragement, so that's in there too. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then it says, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, um, can grow for the body of edification of itself in love as we are growing together and loving one another, everybody can contribute. Everybody has something they can do for the Lord. Aren't you happy that we've all been given a gift and everybody can use your gift for Christ? Amen. Everybody can do something for the Lord. The church is a training ground where we are empowered through God's Word. As 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us, uh, the goal is for us to be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we want to make sure that we are growing to become more like Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship band to come, if you would, uh, just as we close here in a moment. So come on up, guys. I'd love to sing that song, if we could, uh, Revelation song. Maybe we'll slow it down just a touch, and I just want to uh, just really think about those words. But as the church, just to recap, what are we called to do? Called to love God and love people in word and action. Called to influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To fellowship together as a caring community. And then empower people through Christian discipleship. How many of you believe that this is what God has called us to do? Amen? It's the gospel message, it's what the world needs. We have the answer Jesus, the life that He gives. It's never changed. He's always been the same. People need it today, now, more than ever. Would you stand with me? Carrie, could you just bring me that water real quick? Can we bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment, just as the worship team <clears throat> begins to play? Thanks. I'm going to pray. And would you join with me? <clears throat> Dear Jesus, we're so grateful, Lord that you came all the way from heaven to earth. You gave your life, Jesus, so that we could have new life. You paid the price once and for all on the cross of Calvary. Your blood covers all of our sins. You took our place, Jesus, so that whosoever would believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that has not yet experienced your life to the full, abundant, meaningful, powerful, purposeful. Jesus, we pray that they would give their hearts to you this morning. I pray, God, if there's anybody that's watching beyond those that are in this auditorium and they haven't yet come to know you as their Lord and Savior, Jesus, I pray that they would invite you. And if that's you this morning with nobody looking around, heads bowed and eyes closed, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. Jesus, please forgive me. Forgive me for my sin and mistakes. I accept you into my life. Jesus, I believe who you are. You are God's Son who died and rose again. And I receive you as my Lord, dear Jesus. I choose to live for you with my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can we sing this chorus this morning?
1: Jesus has come to give us life. Life. Life in its fullness life. You might be here today and you just need prayer. You need someone to join with you in in prayer. And uh, we'd we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to meet with you. Carrie and I will be here. Tiff, maybe you guys could join us to pray for people. Uh, The worship band will keep on playing. And I'll bring the the service to an official close now. But if you want to linger a little longer in, in, in the presence of the Lord, and you need prayer. Just just hang back, just stay a little bit, okay, and just and just let God finish the work that He's doing in your life. And for those of you watching online, just don't rush off to to the next thing you got planned. Talk to Jesus a little bit, and let Him talk to you and see what He wants to do in your life. Lord, I just pray a blessing over the congregation today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that You would You would use them, and more than just more than just use them, Lord. That you would minister to them deeply, deeply, Lord. And then through that, that strength, through that life that they have, that you would use them in their specific, in their specific realities, whatever that would be, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the word today. Thank you, Lord, that it's meant to, to bring us life. And to bring us joy and to bring us peace and hope, we thank you for that, Lord. Accomplish that work. Thank you for the church here. Bless them as they go out. Bless them as they go into their world. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here in a, in a very precious way. Amen. Just invite you to, to come for prayer if you'd like to come for thanks, buddy. Well, that's awesome. Okay. He wrote in tongues. That's a new one. Okay, so uh, we will be here to join you in prayer. In just about 10 minutes or so, we'll convene our uh, special membership meeting, okay? God bless you all.